Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge more light, and more love. We have a legendary guest. I'm very honored to have Dr. Richard Allen Miller here with us. He's a physicist who's had so much influence on science, psychedelia, the occult, all of these things over many decades. And he's here with us, and we're going to talk to him in just a second. But first... I need you to do something for me. Go to bluecobracbd.com. That is bluecobracbd.com. And there you will find Blue Cobra CBD oil, the highest quality CBD oil on the market, period. There's nothing else like it in the world. Why is that? It is because the extraction method, how they extract the CBD from the hemp flower is a proprietary process. No one else has it. It is known as the HIT extraction method. It was developed by a man named Howard HIT, a.k.a. Big H, and it contains no chemicals, no solvents, no gases, nothing unnatural was used in that extraction process, in the creation of this product, and that's what makes it different. That's why there's nothing else like it. No one else has the hit extraction method. They can't. And there's three versions. Maximum strength, King Cobra, regular strength, little King Cobra, and wild thing CBD for pets. Because we want our pets to have the highest quality medicine, just like we want our children to. Some people treat their pets better than their children, unfortunately. I'd go equal. <laughs> and we have a discount code, which gets you free shipping on any order. And that discount code is big H B I G and the letter H again, that gets you free shipping in the continental 48 United States. And there's a money back guarantee. If for some reason you don't like the product, you get to keep the product, you get your money back. And if you had to pay shipping, you get that shipping money back too. And no one's ever actually taken advantage of that. It's just out there. I love Blue Cover CBD oil. It's truly magical and medicinal in so many ways. It captures the essence of the plant and you're resonating with that. And it's healing you as you're having this natural product in your physical body. So check it out. Go to the website, bluecobracbd.com. It has everything there. You talk to Howard if you need to. Bluecobracbd.com. One more time, bluecobracbd.com. And when you're done with that, follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That's the address. You can follow us there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you go to get your podcasts, 
click that button that connects us so you know exactly what's going on. When legends like Dr. Miller come on, you know about it instantly. And of course, tell a friend. Tell someone that you know that loves these type of podcasts. Tell them because you know them. They're your friends, they're your family, they're your coworkers, whoever, your neighbors. Bring them here, midnightonearth.com. Okay, so we're just about to speak with Dr. Miller, but first we're going to read his bio. So here we go. Dr. Richard Allen Miller is a pioneer in the annals of metaphysical and paranormal exploration. Miller began working in the X-Files world of Navy Intel, SEAL Corp., and then MRU in the late 1960s. His public collaborations and research continue. As an original Black Ops team member, Miller's research in the field of paranormal began as a graduate physicist working 11 years with Navy Intel. During this period, numerous foundational papers, including a holographic concept of reality and embryonic holography, were written. His past and current writings and presentations reveal a depth of knowledge and practical experience in three major fields, alternative agriculture, new age physics, and metaphysics. Miller now writes for Nexus Magazine and is a well-known guest on several internet radio stations. He's been around for a while. He is re-emerging at a critical time in humanity's evolution where metaphysics and practical survival converge. Whoa, and he's here. Dr. Miller, thank you so much for being a part of the show. How did they uh, put it? Uh, God has everything, but he needs more money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, depending Welcome on who's saying the world of Earth. You know, I'm so glad I'm not here. I'm actually, uh, how did uh, Carl Sagan put it when he said to Allie, want to go for a little ride? Um, we, um, we are not actually what you think you are. And consciousness, oh gosh, where do I begin? I don't want to do it that way. Let's just go where you want to go and then we'll play from there. How's yes, sir. Well, well, tell me about your childhood. You had psychic parents. I, I want to know about that because they were both practicing psychics and that seems to transfer to you in a hereditary well, way. That, that was what you know Duke University wanted to prove when they came and studied May, and I ended up at the Foundation for the Study of Men, which is across the street. It's an old building, a sorority house at Duke that was for gifted children. Okay. Uh, imagine, you know, like Firestarter. It actually existed. Um, basically, my mother and grandmother were extremely... Uh, my, oh, it, where do I begin? My grandmother, Ethel P. Nelson, I'm part of the Nelson line out of England, okay. um, was the woman that took the Birdman of Alcatraz out of prison. She was raising German roller songbirds. And when I was a little kid, I used to clean the flight cages. And he discovered, the Birdman discovered some kind of cure for a certain 
wild birds, and it was really important, and that's why my grandmother got him out of prison, and the rest is a movie that was made with, uh, I don't know who his name. Uh, my mother, in the 30s, were extremely gifted psychically by Duke University uh, studies, okay. and so in the 50s, they came to see if it was hereditary with my sister and I. I exhibited paranormal levels of awareness, but psychism is not what you think it is. And, uh, and we're going to get there during this show. We're going to explain what thinking with the gut, ESP and hypnosis. Um, my mentor, Dr. Stanley Krippner, who's 91 now, he's down in California, still alive, had a big party the other day for his 90th birthday. Um, it introduced me to Edgar Mitchell in 1970, so I could be at Mission Control in 1971 to do the ESP studies when he went around the moon. We needed space, long distances, and we needed uh, bodies of uh, thickness to block, to see what variables we could isolate on what the skin differently between extrasensory perception and what we can now call enteric nervous system or your gut, thinking with the gut. In 1972, I used those protocols to select SEAL Team 1. Right. I measured their ESP. Everybody in that, that was the ESP as a, you know, induction through forms of self-hypnosis. So wait, you, you, measured, altered, you measured the ESP a, of the first SEAL Team 1? Yes. That's right. There were eight of them. And uh, uh, we tested over you know, 250,000 plebes at Annapolis and other places to find 12 individuals that later boiled down to eight each one had at least one PhD, but redundancy was the key word. And that team was selected because they were highest in intuition. When you come from instinct, you do not, by definition, make a mistake. There is an altered state of consciousness that can be achieved with states of hypnosis, self-hypnosis, where your ability in guessing is 400 times where you are right now. It's not here and it's not there. It's right there. And with a little practice, you can get there real quick. Within eight hours on the ESP workshops that I've been doing since 72, and I have been doing them since 72, they brought Llewellyn, a uh, big publishing house for cult books out of, uh, where is it? Uh, 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 um, uh, I forget where it is. It's in uh, Illinois, uh, Indiana, I guess it is. They, they, um, they brought in Duke University and they brought in Sybil Lake um, and Gene Dixon and others. And I won the contest by four orders of magnitude and I'm not psychic. In other words, everybody can do this. Now, what does that mean? Well, we have been culturally and genetically programmed to discredit things that we see. For example, okay. how many ants are on your property and right now? And who's terraforming it more? Now, once you get that concept, you realize the old Selma, Oregon cartel saying, if I wouldn't have seen it, 
I hadn't believed it. And so extrasensory perception, why do you, why is, okay, I remember when Jack Nicholson was doing as good as it gets and the gay guy goes up to him and he says, how come my dog loves you more than me? Nicholson rolls his eyes around and he says, I feed it bacon. <laughs> the enteric nervous system is a hierarchy of resonant cavity oscillators dialoguing down from bacteria right on down into chromosome. And the brain is a second gut that dialogues the same way with subtle bodies outside the physical. In the state of Oregon, we made uh, psychedelic mushrooms legal. Right. But, and I wrote, just FYI, I wrote the first book on psychedelic mushrooms for High Times. High Times interviewed me February 1992, growing pot on the moon. I was part, when I came out of grad school, my first job was Lunar Base Alpha 1 in South Park. It's called Boeing Scientific Research Laboratories before it moved to Kent and later became known as the Space Center. I worked under Art Pilgrim. I dated his daughter, Vicky. And I was a physicist in charge of light. <laughs> Did we get the right light on this one? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's 1968. Well, I do want to back you that up a little I bit. Discovered. Oh, hold on, uh, Doctor Miller. I do want to back you up a little bit because I, during, uh, you know, we talked about your parents and your childhood. I just want to point out that you created a particle accelerator at age 16, which uh, attracted NASA's attention. Old man Dupont recruited me when I was 15. That's why I just want people to know I that that you're for NASA. <laughs> That you're a genius. Okay, I want I people to know. and angle for those black ladies. And later when Cobalt came in, that's when Microsoft moved in and started calling it C++ and putting back doors in it so they could hack it. Now, but, but prior to that, there was Captain Crunch, Michael James Reconosuccio, and May doing code. And nobody really understood that because all we had at that time was Unix, and then we went to machine. And these the computer are basically unhackable. About. You're the computer code. You're talking about original computer code language prior to C++. Yeah, yeah. The guy that beat me on my linear accelerator, which I was the first American to create a particle going faster than the speed of light. I did that at 16. The guy that beat me was Robert Strom from New York, had a computer called Univac. That was the science fair project. He beat me. I've never been best in anything. I remember one year I went to state. Uh, in athletics, Lowell's broke a world record and came in six. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get there from there. Anyway, um, I'm losing my voice. Don't worry about it. I'm just getting over the flu. I'm on, unfortunately, some antibiotics because my body couldn't cope with this one. So I'm now going to stretch out and do teramycin. Um, basically, I have four doctorates right now. I have two in physics, one in Harvard Medical in anesthesiology with tenure at the University of Washington, but the tenure is as a physicist, not an anesthesiologist. And the fourth one is in Jungian psychotherapy under James Hillman. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. I mean, clearly you are a gifted individual. I mean, you've, you've had this incredible life and as you kind of developed, you, you attracted the SEAL Corp, which was a front. Oh, SEAL Corp out of Amherst. Yeah. They well, were front that, for that, army that was, intelligence, right? 
Navy. Navy intelligence. Army is 10 years later and like CIA. They're sort of kind of like <laughs> missed the shot so, by that much. So uh, Navy intelligence. Yeah, Navy intel. Yeah, not in Army. Army and CIA are 10 years later where people are leaping out of buildings on LSD. Right. I took my first hit of LSD in 1964 when Harvard was doing studies on gifted individuals to see what would happen. I was 20 years old. Larry came in and talked to my mom first, then went to Pullman where I was doing my undergraduate work, talked to Professor Riggins, and then the next is history. I'm up at Deception Pass, never been high on anything. Uh, yeah, and I'm looking down at the suction pass at Hurricane Ridge, maybe 2,000 feet down, and the water peeling back colors. And Leary leaned over and he said, Wouldn't it be neat to jump? <laughs> Holy shit. Now, I'm asking you, why did you just laugh? Because it's so absurd. I don't think it's shocking that he would even say that. Well, okay. What happened for me at that moment was I discovered Aldous Huxley and his doors of perception and how many of them were closing in my mind. And I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to think that survival fish coefficient kicked in. And that's when my career in physics left astrophysics and I went into quantum mechanics or what you call solid state physics. Right. And that's where old man DuPont sent me to work at the University of Delaware, where I ended up doing my doctorate there under uh, at Princeton and MIT, and then taught for 11 years at Harvard, <laughs> metaphysics. Now that's my background. Now with that said, why I went into quantum mechanics and inner space, I could not believe how vast inner space is over outer space with light years and black holes and green holes and hoop-de-doo holes. And what happened is 50 years ago, the reason I didn't get to go to Amsterdam is that when I did the holographic concept, one month earlier, Gabor, whom I met at the Experimental Research Station in, in Wilmington, uh, had a three-dimensional color TV operational in 1967. What is that? Oh. I saw it. And that's what led me to do the holographic concept. But he went to Stockholm one month before I wrote that paper and then presented it at Prague. That's 72. 73, I wrote embryonic holography and they classified that paper top secret for 20 years. And it wasn't released in 1992 when two Russians, Garyayev and Popov, quoted from it. And today, Max Rumpel, who studied under one of those two physicists, made a major breakthrough three years ago on the proton cloud. The space between when a proton is a particle and when it becomes a wave. And that is where your multiverse lies. And what they did if they've now joined me to write a new field theory that will supersede my holographic universe by 50 years on the multiverse. Wow. And I've started writing the equations. Basically, I'm taking string theory, which has 10 dimensions and an interconnecting wormhole as 11th dimension, and I'm your little boy scout tying knots in them using Kaufman and a couple of others on a virtual knot theory. 
form of mathematics. And I have no idea where this is going to take us, but I will tell you this. My first parts of my equation, just the early stuff, like I did back in the 70s with holographic universe, I've now come to realize that consciousness is a shared dream state. It's not even real. There's there's dream states like lucid dreaming that have more content to reality than than consciousness does. As a metaphor, you are basically talking to yourself, only I decided to put something different on my breakfast cereal this morning. And that so changed history and what results in our concept of space and time that another universe is created. And these different universes are basically the highs that you experience is an alternate you from that universe that has access to physics that you don't. I watched, and we filmed it, a woman rip a car door off to save her daughter in a flaming automobile. Yes. Now that's impossible because the adrenaline did not make her bone and steel stronger than uh, bone and, and muscle stronger than steel. How could she do that? It was mind over matter. No, it's not mind over matter. It's a different you where the laws of physics are different. Oh. Is the way I'm going to propose it. Doesn't mean I'm right, because it'll change, just like when I'm a worm cave thing. <laughs> because anything that's in my latest book, The Non Local Mind in a Holographic Universe, Chapter 8, is titled The Mind's Eye, Where Imagination is Reality. If you can understand or see what I'm saying in your mind's eye, that's what makes it real. Because like Jung says, that fantasy, that visualization has energy. So there is a reality to it. Carl Jung talks about that. Well, yeah, Sigmund Freud started that. And Carl Jung, I remember when they asked him, what's it like to be on the shoulders of a great man? And Carl Jung looked down and said, well, one can see much further from up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got You can't take any of this seriously. Yes, you have to be in super, super position. Chapter seven is called Time Travel and the True Nature of Cavitation, Why You Have Two Brains. You have science and religion or left and right brain with Malcoma in the middle. <laughs> oh, wow. And how many choices, how many choices did you do today? For example, to have me on the radio show is one thing you did yes. as opposed to and or turning on the radio to listen at this moment that will change the future of everyone. Ooh. And once you've got that, chapter six is titled Synchronicity, where nothing happens by chance. Because it seems now, like synchronicity is a language almost. It's coming from. Well, that's Carl Jung. Yes. Or actually, Carl Jung started that, but James Hillman and Kubler Ross took it to the next level where you start to notice things that are interrelated. And the bottom line is there will never, in my humble opinion, never be a theory of everything. Because anything you could possibly imagine right now is what 
you could do right now if you use your full potential. And that's less than halfway to God. You can't know God. You can experience him. But it's impossible to know him because you're not, you can't even comprehend that. If you're lucky to get only 50% of what I'm saying, you're doing better than most. Well, I've got 100% of what you're saying, and it's like nectar. Well, 100% of what? <laughs> of, of just what you're saying, the comprehension. I mean, it's it, you well, have a lot of words alone are incorrect because we're about to experience a Carrington-like event. And why I'm on this radio, one of my primary goals today is to convince most of you to start a victory garden today. Yes, we do need to be self-sustainable. That is true. I agree. Well, yeah, 40% works. Um, if you could grow vertical aquaculture, uh, aquaculture, indoor using lights. Um, once a child less than six years old sees a tomato plant growing in February, that child will never have a fear of food again. And right now, 70% of what you eat either comes from California or is piped through California in their ports. And right now, the groundwater is gone. The Colorado is drying up. The Mexican cartel is controlling the Mexican border right now. And food prices are going to quadruple after Christmas. And next year, you're not going to get any food from California. And what that means ultimately is that Biden is going to give those ports to China to import our food. And Texas is going to secede from the union with its own grid. And then Alaska goes second. And I am patroned with the Beckett family. So, I, you know, I have... I'm a lead scout trying to let you know it's time for you to start producing a small amount of your own food that you consume today. So you're saying all of that's going to happen in 2024, all the things you just said. Yeah, I did it. Just, yes, I am. Wow. I, I Yes. And, and it's going to get quadruple so it's going to squeeze people for sure but i do want to just just to let people know that you are one of the original people and i want to just backing up a little bit you were one of the original people that created the holographic mind concept just that uh i am the one yeah burt webb garden dixon and i it's in energy uh you'll find it in um, uh, psychoenergetic systems, Gordon and Breach. You'll find all your top scientists back in 1972 presented technical papers in Prague, and mine was voted the single most important paper in the last 10 years in that field with Jack Sarfati and others like that that are still around. Now, I'm an old player, and I know I don't know why. Physics will not get you there, it'll get you close. Simon says you can go halfway to the door, <laughs> you know, but all physics starts with an assumed truth. Let me give you an example. The shortest distance between two points and the Earth's round. But if space is curved, I can prove the Earth's flat. Which one is it? And the correct answer is yes. If you choose to look at it this way, 
You have these doors open. If you choose to look at it that way, you have all those doors open. Or if you choose to use your mind as a tool, now you have access to all the doors. Exactly. And that's what we should be doing. And really, it was the embryonic holography concept. That's what got you in trouble because it was so powerful. That's what well, it, it suggests that the DNA is a resonant cavity oscillator like that in the hierarchy of enteric nervous system in your gut. And that's outside space time and psi energy. And I've written mathematical equations on that that will be part of my knot theory that I'm writing with these two Russians. And basically, the DNA is more than you could imagine. It's who you were, who you are, and will be. That means in three dimensions, it holds a fourth dimension. And that's how we use fractal math to be mental brought, you know, Julia or May pattern, but generators. That is the way information falls down into itself or out of itself. However, there is an, is a theorem in information theory that suggests that if you have enough information to ask a coherent question, you have enough information to answer it. In other words, the way you frame the question is where the answer lies. And that suggests it's like Heisenberg with the uncertainty principle in quantum mechanics. And the more you know about one thing, the less you know about something else. You can't get there from here. And why you have two brains. Cavitation process is when a drop of water hits a pool of water. And if you want to go deep in that, Mark Leclerc at MIT is doing studies in that right now in cavitation processes. But it was Russell Roy that did the originals on the concept of healing. And uh, I've got so much I could cover that I, yeah. what I'm trying to do. Well, there's a lot. I mean, you've I'm, been involved with so much and you have such a rich history. I mean, uh, you know, you did even. I've been blessed. I've yeah. been blessed and lucky to have met the people I did when I was. I've studied under 32 Nobel Prize winners to uh, be at this moment as a lead scout trying to get to the circled wagon train before the Indians get me. <laughs> oh In other words, I'm human just like you are. Of course. Well, if I. There are entities that I've studied under Dr. Carl Schleicher, the smoking man. That was MRU, Mankind Research Unlimited. It's now a Canadian corporation. How does that work? Well, it, <laughs> don't laugh, don't tell. Um, it's all creepy, what's happening in the world today and disinformation. When Charles Kowalt was doing On the Road and, and, and uh, Lurch, the widow of Walter Cronkite was doing News, you believed him. You you felt a sense of that's the way it is, you know. And when Dan Rather came on, you started to go to other channels just to get a broader sense of CNN and their perspective. Today, nothing is real. All of that has been taken over. 
to culturally and genetically program you going from human being or homo sapien to homo sapien variation GMO, just like they did Cro-Magnon to Neanderthal. And I could make an argument that we're in a petri dish. Now, with that said, this is another metaphor. For the government, I have actually studied several artifacts that were not human. I have also done a single tour at Groom Lake, level eight. I met Krill. Um, I have no memory. It was 20 minutes, and only 45 years later are certain specific doors beginning to open for me to share in the last days of man. And I'm about to give you one right now. One of the doors that opened several months ago. Now, this is what I'm going to say. is not true. It's a metaphor because it's hard to articulate. Number one, alien communication is not synthetic telepathy like that Alan Frey and I developed where you'd use microwave band and you had to dine audio and you can hear it inside their brain without going through hearing processes. What they did is a level of communication that we have not yet evolved of what you will call emotions. Our emotions are not like what they do. In 20 minutes of dialogue is essentially like a lifetime of communication in words. Page two. Another door opened less than two months ago. Basically, if you were to choose, given the opportunity to choose, we're going to move you from Mars to Earth. If you chose the right artifact to remember Earth by, what would it be? And if you chose the right one, then you, instead of being recycled into a GMO, reincarnation, matrix, whatever, where you want to look at that, where you come back. You are allowed to choose a star of your choice to complete your level of evolution. What would that artifact be? Uh, for me, it would be a crystal. Okay. I chose a clamshell to pull my whiskers out because that's how primitive we are. We are definitely primitive, but we are growing. I mean, we are expanding. We're learning more. I mean, the humans. There are four mammals on this planet cessation that have higher brain cases and higher technology than man does. Orca has a cerebral cortex that's literally the twice the size of man, and that mammal is firing 60% of it, not 10 like you are. And that mammal has access to nine-tenths of the biosphere, where you have access to only one-tenth, including your technology. Who's superior? And guess what dolphins do? They run from orca as food chain. You have pilot whale and manatee, all four of which have bigger brain cases. Why do you like your dog? Because he's closer to spirit. Yes. And, well, you've lost that. The instinct, working from instinct. You can do that by using altered states where the laws of physics change. Now, I have three books that are coming out. The Diamond Body, 
Electro Magic, and Yogatronics. That's just in that series. The Power Tool series are the work I did and the eight protocols I developed to make Superman or how to, you know, change the movie, uh, if you will. Holographic concept of reality and, you know, the non-local mind in a holographic universe, how to change the movie. But it's limited. And the work I did when I moved the Manager Foundation in 1974 from Topeka, Kansas, to the University of Washington and introduced video feedback systems, okay, that's the development and birth of cymatics. In 1979, Electromagic is when I took Mora and Indomet German acupuncture equipment and bypassed the need for drugs and got the release of neurotransmitters using electric currents on the top of the forehead. Interesting. 1983, Yogatronics is where a group of scientists and I created our own wormhole and did the Mars Project. And you can look that up by doing the Mars Project, comma, Warnicke's correction in the brain. What I discovered is that the brain drivers that were developed by Robert Monroe at Berkeley, later to be moved over in what he called hemisync, and then Scientology took it over and called it holosync, will rewrite certain parts of the brain. And just recently, the CIA had to release top secret papers on the Gateway Project that suggest the brain drivers will also, as a byproduct, cure one of the two forms of dementia, the one that's located and associated with Warnicke's area of the brain, not Broca's area. Interesting. I strongly urge, I'm going to send you a copy so that you can promote that yourself. I'm going to strongly urge anyone interested in removing bad commands like from your father, mother, or a teacher. Paradox. You can't do that. You're not smart enough. That's in the Warnicke's area. And the brain drivers will remove those commands where you start over like a child. So you're removing the paradigms, the programming that was in there. They're saying that That's psychedelics do You're resetting it before programming. And most people like me, it took me two years to get that erased. And now over the next 40 years, I use them every 10 years or so. Because no matter what you do, where you go, there you are. You're getting reprogrammed because of TV. You're thumb wrestling with texting. I was the one that presented the first AI demonstration at, at uh, Claremont when I did Project Paraphile and presented my paper, Embryonic Holography. And they classified my Embryonic Holography top secret. And the AI thing now has been developed to go way beyond where I, we were writing algorithms. We were doing before Abbotsford and their D-Wave technology, which, by the way, is very creepy. I can tell you there's, um, well, you can watch Elon Musk and what he's doing with that AI video if you want to, but it's much worse than that. And yes, I could make again an argument because one of the two jabs that are out there, and I, it's not the one from, um, I forget which one it is, one of them in the nanite graphene section, two Polish scientists found an aluminum-based life form. 
I have seen some videos there. Yeah, the mRNA mutates gene 117 in the blood, causing it to clot. And that's, I'm now speaking with four doctorates. Right, no, I've seen some recent videos. There's a recent film circulating the internet called uh, Died Suddenly, which kind of talks about some well, of the experience. It gets downhill from there. Now, why would Peru stop food production in Peru with limiting truck drivers for delivery and farmers from growing it for environmental concerns? I mean, it seems as if there's an anti-human agenda being uh, pushed. Well, our population control, that's just the surface part. I'm going to put it to you this way. Anything you could possibly imagine in your mind's eye as being possible is not only true, it's even worse than that. That's where we are right now. But there's a way out. I mean, we are destined to have a well, united like said, planet. Like I said, if you can select an artifact to remember Earth by, what would it be? Spend some time on that. Don't jump. Work from instinct. Your first thoughts are usually your best one. A clamshell to pull out whiskers rather than Remington. Or don't worry, we'll make more razor blades. Uh, maybe <laughs> a, can, can you bring a plant? How about a live plant? Which one? Cannabis. How about iboga that stops all forms of addiction with one single use? With ibogaine. Yes, uh, we had a guest on that. Uh, his brother is an iboga shaman. Uh, Evan Burton of the well, band Adubi. Shaman is a low level. You start with prototoxic, paratoxic, and syntactic modes of consciousness. And prototoxic is where a shaman can place his consciousness in the eye of an eagle and see what the eagle says. Dreams and, and the relationship is paratoxic where you're using myth like the Greeks did. And syntactic modes are where you're doing conscious relationships to it with sex magic, biofeedback, and other things where you're controlling your autonomic function with volitional conscious control. Now, there's different levels. That's, by the way, John Curtis Gowan at Northridge and his most important book, Trance, Art, and Creativity. Now, I am the bottom line, and I'm trying to leave enough information so that you have an opportunity to get out of this creepy closet that we're in. Time isn't real. So what does that make reincarnation? And what makes a Dalai Lama different than a human being when he says as a little boy, no, that isn't the hot I wore, this is. Or grandfather Joseph Bontagua that died in the crossroads as a Hopi medicine man, placing his consciousness in the first passerby, Jim Morrison, when he was 10 years old. You can read about that in Secret and Suppressed, Chapter 6, in, in uh, Secret Life of Jim, Jim Morrison. One of the studies I did where you will find Jim Morrison is still alive working in a in a plant down in Arkansas for lasers. 
Interesting. So he just kind of checked out. But look, you are also involved with investigating unexplained phenomena for the Navy SEALs. I mean, you were the prototype for the X-Files show. We can talk about how you wrote a different show that they kind of cribbed some of the ideas, but still in real life, not in television world, you were actually investigating unexplained phenomena for this. Uh, because back then, we knew about aliens, but we were more concerned about what the Russians were doing. And it was during the space race and Sputnik. And basically, no, we didn't get to the moon like we said we did. We are there now. It was political. And I can tell you stories of, you know, what actually happened. But even I don't know. Because, you know, you have to be, be there. Like Ukraine. Ukraine. Ukraine is to Russia like Kansas is to the United States. It's a breadbasket. And was left part of NATO's agreement not to mess with that breadbasket of Russia. And while you may not like Putin, I, you know, I have a habit from him because, well, no, he's a criminal, KGB, whatever. That The thing is, he's also done more for Mother Russia than any of their leaders in history. He's not interested in war, but he'd like to keep his 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 nationalistic views locked in so they don't lose their green belt. And you know, here we are. No, it What's is going a, on? it is a, a, an interesting time in human history. What though? When when, when you were a part of that, uh, you know, working for the Navy SEAL Corp, um, what were some of the things you investigated? Like, what did you actually engage with? That will be a 12-chapter 12, 12 book called The Seal. The 12 chapters I did are the 12 reports I did to SEAL Corp before it was turned over and became Navy SEALs. And that was SEAL Team 1, 2, and 3. And then SEAL Team 4 is when the military took over and started making them macho. Oh, interesting. So it was some about something else at first. It was just about, about well, being... Well, of course it was. Uh, of course. Okay. I was not aware of that. I'm understanding that now. Well, how else could it have gone? Well, I thought it was like the elite military. You think of these like highly you trained. Mean frogmen? Yeah. I did my first dive at American Lake. I went down to 100 feet for four hours as my first dive and did a world record. It took me two and a half days to decompress American Lake up by Fort Lewis. Wow. Come on down, KTAC. We're not a scuba dive. <laughs> well, I want to. Uh, I want to get into the some of the things that you did during your black ops career. Like uh, you were at, okay. So I started with Blue SEAL Lake. Corp out of Amherst, and then I worked with MRU out of Washington, uh, Wisconsin Avenue in Washington D.C. MRU, Dr. Carl Schleicher, the man used as a prototype for the smoking man, had made me Northwest Regional Director. That means anything on the West Coast that was weird, I was A-team. And Dr. Wilbur Franklin was at Kent State, had access to Chicago. Um, I, that means I studied with Mercilliati. That means I worked with Andrea Puharch and Bill Tiller. And if I needed something at Argonne, 
laboratory. I was an instrumentation specialist, and I did all kinds of things. I had one artifact that was supposedly from a UFO site in Florida, and it had a dimensions and shape, and I fired a 50 caliber cannon at it to look at the landed damage down on an electron microscope, and that's when we discovered electrophoresis, memory in, in, in metal. Whoa. It wrapped around the ordnance and then slowly, like water, flowed back into its original shape. And what did you determine that metal was? I mean, obviously it's extraterrestrial, but were you able to identify it at all? No. I'm and I'm as good as it gets. But realize I'm just limited, you know, with basic physics, which isn't gonna get me there anyway. Right. So this is almost like some sort of quantum metal, you could say. Well, it's like nanites with other kinds of things in it, life forms. Uh-huh. Oh my God. And you feel like some of these life forms may be part of the global injection program. Well, I can tell you, I've discovered a bunch of different life forms that intercrop with humans right now. That was one of the studies I did in 72. Well, tell me about that. What, vampires? Like a pen, but... So you're saying these... <laughs> these, these Anything you can imagine. They're out there, you're saying. These shapeshifters. Are There's a shapeshifter in, um, in uh, Merlin, Oregon. Okay. And they're 400 years. There's uh, it's not that tweaker running around in the woods at night. <laughs> no, no, that's a that's another thing that's happening up there. But no, there's a real shapeshifter going over the Oregon vortex. I went over the Oregon vortex with an interferometer at twenty thousand feet. Now, what bends light at twenty thousand feet? I'm not sure. A mini black hole. Oh my God. And that's your so-called ley lines that previous technologies and the Oregon, not the Oregon, but the Bermuda Triangle and this 191899 on Netflix, all the rest of it's about technologies and situations we haven't even comprehended yet. What happened then? Like what happened to humanity? Like how did we lose all of that really high technology? Like in your opinion, I mean, you're every time. Okay. We have spaceflight, like the Vermana. Yes. You'll notice there's a cycling of the Petri dish, and we have to start all over again. In other words, we've been here before. Mars, as a smaller planet, right now, literally, has more water on it than Earth does. And one has to understand what the Van Allen belt is, not the Van Allen belt, the asteroid belt was a planet where part of the moon came from it. And that planet now, was destroyed, if I remember correctly. Who knows? You weren't there. I wasn't there. We can only conjecture. Just like the Bible. I can tell you what I did when I came out of grad school is I had questions about Bibles. My mother and father were atheists. I had been raised in Shaolin temples. And when I came to Earth, <laughs> Seattle, they sucked me in Missouri Senate Lutheran Catechism to armor me for what happens in high school kids. And what happened next, I discovered God. 
I, I discovered there's something else going on here that's beyond my understanding, and I'm going to call that God. So then when I came out of graduate school, I wanted to pursue that more. So I studied Old Hebrew and Greek with Gershom Sholem for six years. I became a Zadi and did my own translations of the Bibles and taught that as a, a 15 courses over 11 years at Harvard, graduate level. John Mack took my third course, started his alien abduction studies, and as his teacher, one of the first things I mentioned to him is, you're not going to prove the existence of God with these studies, but what he could do is treat the trauma of that experience, close encounter. Now, well, that's what he did. He's psychiatry. And I listen, we have no idea of what we think is actually going on here. And what we can conceive of in our mind's eye is not only real, it's actually way more than that. That's why I would say our children are probably our single most important natural resource. It's not going to be me or you that saves the earth. It'll be your great-grandson. If ever. And why would we want to send these kids to go to school to become us? You know, it is perpetuating something. I mean, I have children. I do teach them a lot of the higher information. Yeah, because the education processes aren't going to do it. No, not at all. That, no, and they're getting worse than they were when, I, I, I don't know how old you are, but when 44. I was in second grade in the Philippines, they taught me Latin, sum estest, sum estestus sunt. And we, I spoke Tagalog, Mandarin one, and Palau before I spoke English. Wow. And, well, no, I'm, I'm trying to make a point here. No, it's amazing. In third grade, when I came into the United States, my report card said, Ricky is very disruptive. He asked too many questions. In fourth grade, they discovered I didn't read English and I had to stay after school as punishment to learn how to read. In fifth grade, I read every single Adam book binding that was in our local public library, sci-fi. In sixth grade, there's something wrong with him. We need to give him Ritalin. And my mother wouldn't let him do that. So they made me have to go to psychology in the middle of class, I'd have to get up to leave to go to special counseling. Everybody looked at me. I had to look at them. I was embarrassed. In seventh grade, they discovered I was gifted, and they wanted to advance me. And thank you, Mom. She didn't let them do that because now I'm semi-normal and can communicate to people like you. But <laughs> I'll tell you what. No, no, I don't mean it negatively. I got I mentor for Waldorf out of Zurich. My great-grandfather was Rudolf Steiner's lodge master. And right now, I mentor for Zurich and what we call Montessori, gifted children. And the last one I had was a 12-year-old joining his doctorate at Cornell in organic chemistry. Now, what could I possibly mentor a kid like that with? I wrote a comic book with him. Really? Yeah. Kid died. He's still a kid just like you and me. I'm just trapped in this old fart body. There's a 
interesting commercial where the woman's walking down into the basement and all of a sudden turns on the light and there's a bunch of young kids playing strip poker. On closer examination, it's a bunch of old people giggling while they're playing strip poker. That's who I am. That's who you are. <laughs> We're little children wanting to get out of this old aging body that isn't real. Well, what, 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 doc, Dr. Miller, Rick, what do you think about the star seed theory? That there's consciousness. Jim, you mean, Jim, you mean uh, Timothy Leary, star seed, and Robert Anton Wilson? No, no, Bob no. Bob Wilson. Well, I was thinking Bob of- Wilson was only 11th degree. I'm Simon Moon in his books. His daughter, Canna. And I are the ones that did the writ of habeas corpus to get him out of Vacaville, Larry. But I mean, he that- wasn't there. He was being held in Chicago, and that was illegal. And that's why they released him. The bad news was that when they released Larry, he was not the same person. They fucked him up. They they caught him. He was not the same. Oh, man, I just mean the Pleiadians. Like, there's a theory that they're sending these beings to manifest as humans. Like, people sign up, they volunteer to manifest as humans. They're coming from these higher dimensions, these higher galaxies, where there's just higher frequency beings existing well, that can do that. You have octaves, and the multiverse is that space between when a proton is a particle and when it becomes a wave. Now imagine what's in the rest of space. Oh my God, it's infinite. More than you could imagine. But do you think they're helping humanity, that there's other life forms out there Listen, helping humanity evolve? It, it isn't a question of helping or not helping. Basically, I could make the argument that what's happening now is that Nibiru, I was at JPL the other day, and the one guy said, you know, the IR signature is wrong on Nibiru. And I said, yeah, it's got a Dyson sphere around it. And then it became obvious that man has been manufactured by our future to mine gold for Dyson spheres. This is a metaphor. And they're using our past lives to mine the gold. And I'm David Copperfield with an empty bowl telling the Lord, Lord, I'm still hungry for something more than the physical plane. Please. Do you get that one? I do, yes. We're at that stage of growth and development, it seems. We're being held, and we were made too good, and now GMO doesn't have the immune system that I did. My mother sent me to school to get sick. Yes, of course. I mean, that is the natural order of things, to be exposed. Well, no, that was one natural order for Homo sapien. Neanderthal was different than Cro-Magnon. Stop and think. Okay. We've been here before. What does this mean? And that's when I said to the Lord, I'm hungry for something more. And the alien responded, choose an artifact to remember Mars by. And we'll let you have a planet of your choice. Well, now I want a star. Isn't that what the Mormons talk about as well? That if you want to well, die, yeah. you graduate? I can, tell you, I can tell you an interesting story I did with PBS on that one. So in 1810... An anthropologist dug out a skull that was 12 feet across. 
what is that it's called? Or actually, it was six feet or something. It's a Nephilim. Yes, the Nephilim, the where giants. Where is that skull? Yeah, where is that skull? I would imagine it to be somewhere locked away, hidden from uh, general view. They put it in the Smithsonian. And at the time that Joseph Smith was starting his, his Mormon move to Utah, that Methodist minister that lost his flock dug him all the way into Utah trying to get his flock back. And it was his two sons that ran the Smithsonian, and they probably dumped it in the Atlantic Ocean to make their father credible on a religion that was formed on close encounters. How does that one sound for a possible? That sounds probable, I would say. You're saying that... When Cleopatra was going down the Colorado River and that section down there that's closed, where they found artifacts of Buddha, where Cleopatra was looking for copper. Why would she be looking for copper? To use as a transducive uh, electrical element. Well, what do you think the top of a pyramid is got for? And how does that all work like that? Netflix, 1899. Yes, the capstone is, I think, why they're not putting those capstones on is because they know. Well, who's not? What do you mean, we white man? That's a Johnny Depp when he said the Lone Ranger. <laughs> what do you mean, we white man? Well, they're not a human. I've got to get out of jail card. I've got a TARDIS because I came from the future and haven't even been born yet. I know. Isn't that amazing? Because you're saying time doesn't exist. Humans, there are beings that are outside of time that are going back in what we perceive Let's as time. Let's talk about space. Okay. But they're this using it to mind goal. That's the last part of it. Yes, the mind goal. Let's talk about space and time. Let's talk about space. Because time is a duration of consciousness. It's the way you store memory. It's not real. That's Robert Ornstein or going back to St. Augustine. But when you start talking about space... I watched space in 1972 go from astrology to astronomy and would then went to cosmobiology. And the study I did for the Department of Interior, this occurs, this geometric alignment of celestial bodies is the new concept of space that we're going to have. It came out of psychic discoveries behind the Iron Curtain, Ostrander and Schroeder. You can read all about it. But basically, when a woman is born, an engram is set into her DNA for when she ovulates. And because it's based on phases of the moon, if she moves to a different part of Earth, that ovulation cycle changes, and now you have a form of birth control. And the study I did that happens every 12,800 years I went back into history to vet the cycling of the Petri dish. And there was a three sigma error coefficient historically using, as best we could, historical records using a 360 computer. And a three sigma means it's a 99.9975% probability of the event occurring. And I did that study with the Department of Interior on earthquake hazards and that volcano that's going to go off of Crescent City in late March or early April 2024 that will shift the plate five degrees and everything west of I-5 is gone in four hours. So that's another 2024 prediction. You're saying there's a volcano in Crescent City, California that's going to erupt. an eight-year-old 
were already in it and why they did the Parker dive into the heliosphere to determine the exact change of when that event would occur like the moon does on Earth. Oh, my God. And it has to do with the planet Uranus, Earth, and the sun. And Uranus, in astrology, is a higher octave of Earth. Yes, that's How true. That work? How does that work? There's no known laws on anything that that far out in space can affect the Earth. And yet, the reason they have the countdown five for at Canaveral and all the rest of it is just before the ignition, they have to punch a hole through the Van Allen belt in order for the astronaut to get through it. And the heliosphere on the sun is a second protective layer. Basically, the solar minimums are as predictive as lunar phases of the moon, except there are different kinds of them, just like there are the moon. And oh, guess what? Out by the Oort cloud, there's another protective helium, uh, protective covering that protects man and why man is out on the rim. So, so we're behind these. Galaxy, rather than down in galactic center where you wouldn't be able to survive. There's no way you can go to Mars in a spaceship because there's too many neutrinos and other kinds of things we have absolutely no way to shield. You don't get there alive. How do you get to Mars? I did it in 1983 with a group of scientists called the Mars Project, creating my own wormhole. That's who I am. And what I'm trying to do now is leave you with concepts of the possibilities of how you don't have to come back if you don't want to. But to do that, you must rewrite your brain and the basic what artifact would you remember Earth by? This is all in a metaphor now. And I chose the clamshell basically because that's how primitive we are. And you really feel that. You felt the clamshell. You really feel like we are primitive, but there's that divine spark in us. Is Good luck with that. You wouldn't even recognize high consciousness as you saw it with amps. You, you know, there's a chance. I would say that humans have a incredible destiny. I think we're destined to be enlightened. That's why we were called God's favorite. The bad news is that was Yahweh, not Yahweh. And then, of course, there's the veils of Isis. Ain, Ain Sof, and Ain Sof World. There's a hierarchy of gods. And if you go into the original Quran and the translations, which I did, there are two Dead Sea Scrolls that suggests you don't put the king of Jerusalem on a cross. And it was his brother, Simon. And the other one suggests that they gave him a liquid to simulate death so they could get him off the cross before he was dead. I have heard that, yes. So, now, what really happened? Well, here's how it goes. Jesus said it. I believe it. Bang. And that's that. Really, if we, I think as a person that understands the magic behind the teachings, if we follow the teachings, I think that that's the core of it. The story, I'm not well, really the sure. The teachings of Christ and Church of Rome went in opposite directions in the year 1000. Yes. When Pope Innocent I declared war on the Cathars. And you can read about that in Holy Blood and Holy Grail. But basically, yeah, two Nobel Prize winning anthropologists from Princeton. Now, with that said, what really happened? 
You can't get there from here. So with that said, now you do with faith, hope, and oh, by the way, it's not charity. It was love. And there are four words for love in Greek. There's eros, philo, agape, and telema, which he now pronounces philema. Yes. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Love is the law. Love under will. Yes. Uh, many, and many people who make that quote, they forget the second part and they feel like it's a ticket to hedonism. They don't realize well, that love is about magic, discipline. Magic was reserved for the ultra elite of Europe for centuries after John D. Why? Your poets and writers <clears throat> they wanted something more than the physical plane. It is not Satanism. Satanism is a form of Christianity like Zuni is for Muslim. And Muslim religion is way more devoted to their religion than most Christians are. They are very passionate about their religion. That is Well, then true. what's going on here? And then there's Buddha. Oh, yes. Buddha once said, quote, to have true enlightenment, one must first make and then lose two fortunes. And my second one was when my little girl died in my arms of leukemia. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that happened to you, my friend. That, uh... No, it's a rich life that I have. Yes, you've had a long career. It's there's so much we're touching on so many different things. We're talking about so many th different things and your history is so vast that I'm really just letting you open up and and share with us everything that you've experienced. Um, well, it doesn't mean I'm right anymore than anyone else because I know I don't know. What I do know is what's right for me. And I cannot say nay of another because even though we are, would appear to be completely opposite in beliefs, that is what made us God's favored yes. choice. And all the different universes that that creates. We, we have the potential to create any world we want. We can interface with that consciousness matrix, whatever builds. Yeah, I just, I, I'm not going to do it with Kumbaya. <laughs> so I just want to understand though, because you're saying that, you know, there's magical people out there. It's been, it was reserved for the elite, but it's, it's now because of the internet age, the information age, it's now out there anywhere. You can really train yourself in uh, a very real how way. How do you disseminate? That's true. One from the other. And Intuition. Information. Well, here's the, here's the you, next point you need to know. Carlos Castaneda said that there were four enemies of man. There was fear. Once you overcome your fear, you had personal power. And power became an enemy. And then you became wise and things, you started to see things clearly. And clarity became the third enemy. What was the fourth enemy? Old age. <laughs> <laughs> well, you seem like uh, ageless, I would say, talking to you. Well, then there's, there's that part of knowing on the tree of life, knowledge is illusion. It's not wisdom. There's only one place on the tree of life 
where knowledge for a brief moment becomes wisdom. And that's the missing sephirah above Christ's consciousness or self-realization called Daf on path 13. High priestess path going directly to God across the abyss. And Daf is a temporary place where you and I are playing follow the leader and I run down the hill and then you run down the hill. And I stop in front of a roaring river and without hesitation, leap out into the center of that river and touch on a rock under the water that you didn't see, leaping over to the other side. That is death. And that's the only place in the tree of life where knowledge becomes wisdom. Interesting. Interesting. I thank you for that information. I mean, I'm going to look into that more. I haven't actually touched on that aspect. Is that Kabbalistic tradition, you would say? That's hermetic Kabbalism. I'm a hermetic Kabbalist. I'm, I'm like a holy man, a Zadi. I have translations and no, I don't know. Right. So can we say, though, that humanity has an incredible destiny where we will unite together in love, all humanity, and, and truly have a high-frequency yes, planet. Yes, but, 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 but no tongue, please. Okay. Because <laughs> we will be you that more of all. Go by all you want, but no tongue, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can't avoid conflict. I you mean, have to listen. It isn't about black lives mattering. What matters is black humor. <laughs> I think that we're all one. I think that really, if we all identify as light beings, if we really truly understand that we're all and you me, and I am you. Yes. And I am the walrus. And bef before we hit that physical body, we are a light being, and that's united around the world. Doesn't matter our age or our gender. I've said this in recent podcast episodes. It doesn't matter how our physical vehicle shows up. That's the one now thing that we all have in common. But it's like to realize that one of the two jabs has an aluminum-based life form that's conscious inside your body. And what do you think the function of that life form is to block the higher frequencies? Or turn you into a blood clot or whatever. Who knows what it's about? I don't know. But if it's a life form, it seems like it would gestate, like maybe perhaps there's some gestation happening and then... How did they put it? They're here. I've heard that. I've seen the videos where people have analyzed the injections and, and they, the life form seems to... This is two Polish scientists. Yes, I've, I've seen that. Good. Yeah. Well, I don't have the answers. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> That's called good. <laughs> well, okay. Before good for your first taste of May. Yes. And then, if you'd like me back, I'd be happy to come back. And then we'll spend more time on specific subjects. What I wanted to do is shotgun you. I'm going to recommend that any of you listening to this, you may want to try the brain drivers as a way to rewrite your brain so that you can decide who you really are. Can they find the brain drivers information on your website? Yeah. Yeah. It's under tools in book section. Okay. My so, library. Yeah. So I'm going to eventually, when I find a good webmaster, I'm seeking a literary agent, a booking agent, and 
webmaster. One that doesn't design the web, but is there for day-to-day maintenance because I'm being hacked every day. Well, there's web site templates now that they're very easy to uh, modify. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do want to thank you for being here, Dr. Richard Allen Miller, you amazing human. I just really wanted to let you roll and let our audience kind of interface with your energy because you do have a rich history. I want people to just kind of know that you have this career that's just incredible, including... Yeah, but so what? I, how did Monty Python put it? Come back, I can still bite. <laughs> well, I mean, even we didn't even get into the fact that you kind of created the concept of the X-Files and submitted it to I, Fox. I the early workup for Fox yeah. and the first eight episodes, but I refused to move to Hollywood because I'd already done a tour with Swingers. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about that next time you're on. We will talk about that yeah, next time you're on for sure. Then slanted it more toward the alien part, but I was the expert on set that would lay out the forensic lab and what would be there and what it would look like, that kind of thing. I'm doing a new screenplay. This one is called Once Upon a Time at San Quentin. Okay. The book is on Amazon as a second generation high tower guard that when he did, did different things like code of silence where those metaphors came out where he slips a 30 30 cartridge in and how the yard changes okay <laughs> well i'm just glad you're here look we could talk about so many different things we can go on for another 12 hours but you're losing your voice so i want to tell people where to find you it is richard allen miller.com so richard Yes. A-L-A-N. Right, exactly. Richard Allen, A-L-A-N, Miller.com. And he has several books, The Modern Alchemist, The Non-Local Mind in a Holographic How about that nine-volume encyclopedia on alternative ag? The nine-volume encyclopedia on alternative agriculture. And you have the Diamond Body series coming out soon, which is the Diamond Body. And then I've got a 12-volume Pathworking series. The book coming out this year is Pantheon, Archetypal Gods in Daily Living. It's called The Magical and Ritual Use of Metaphor. There are 22 stories in the big city. Persephone having to go to Hades would be a kid taking drugs once a year because he hates Christmas. <laughs> Each storyboard has an ending. And if you don't like the ending, that's what pathworking is about. How to change the movie. Yes. And, you know, you can find that, like you said, on the website. There's other books you wrote, too, that we never talked about. We'll get to next time you're on the magical and ritual use of herbs. I mean, you won the first psychic tournament in 1975. We talked about that a little bit. And we'll have you back on. But before we go, one last thing before we go. Is there anything you would like to leave our audience with? Just one parting word, parting thought? If you did nothing else, my strong recommendation is that you put in a small victory garden this winter. That is incredible advice. Thank you so much, Dr. Miller. Please hold through the outro music and everyone. That is a very dense information episode. This is very dense. The information is very dense. Go back, listen to this episode three or four times and you will get so much out of it. And when we have Dr. Miller back, we're going to take an even deeper dive. So we'll see you next week. Midnight on earth.